Britain is becoming one of the worst places to live because of soaring taxation. It's the highest it's ever been in the two decades I've been an entrepreneur because of the alarmingly high crime to conviction ratio. 1% of thefts end up with a conviction. 3% of rape ends up with a conviction, which to me is outrageous. Basically, that makes those legal crimes. The NHS, once the envy of the world, the National Health Service, the free healthcare for all, is now a broken system. It swallows up more than 200 billion a year and no one can get in. And so you're paying for your health twice. You're paying for public that you can't get and then you're having to pay for private. The cost of living is now outrageous. In fact, the cost of living in the UK is the highest it's been since the Second World War, nearly 100 years. No one believes the politicians anymore. They were partying illegally while we were locked down. It's one rule for them, another rule for us. We've had three prime ministers in no time, none of which we were able to vote for. If you even open your mouth to talk about this, you get cancelled, deplatformed or demonetised. Unbiased media institutions like the BBC are now not unbiased. They are very biased. They are propaganda machines. We've had a major decline in good, honest Christian values. Christianity looks like it's dying. And we may be on the edge of World War III. So the reason I'm sharing this episode with you and what some of my guests think about this is because most of my viral videos on YouTube and TikTok have been about the death of the UK, the death of the UK economy. Everyone is talking about it. Everyone is feeling the pain of it and everyone has had enough. So what I'm going to do with you now is share some of the conversations and excerpts with some of my major guests on the disruptors on the death of the economy and the death of the UK. Also, if you're not from the UK, this is still very relevant because this is actually happening in most of the West. I've got some things to say about this. I've got what I think are some practical solutions from someone who's run a real economy for 20 years. That's a business. Because the actual economy is not a real economy. We were talking as we walked in briefly about how the UK is fucked. Correct. So just we agree. <laughs> we'll shake on that. We agree. We agree. <laughs> yeah, we agree. So do you want to just give us a little snapshot of your thought on the state of the UK, the politics in the UK, the, the, yeah, your thoughts? Sure. Empires rise and fall, civilizations decline. The, it's such a shame because the patriotic Britain me is genuinely appalled at how it was the largest empire on earth. The good old World War II days, stiff upper lip, Britain was such a beautiful country. The countryside to this day is still beautiful if you can avoid the crime-ridden cities. It's truly a shame what's happened to that amazing nation. They have failed because they have abandoned their age-old traditions. They've abandoned their religion. Christianity has failed to preserve any morality amongst the populace. It's failed to be a fearsome ideology that people do not want to fight against. So Christianity as a religion has failed by extension. And the UK is now attempting to use civility and legality to fight against absolute savagery, which is ex an extremely inefficient way to fight. Efficiency wins and they will always lose. If you have people who can get whatever they want with three inches of sharpened metal, and your enemy against this is two-year court cases, human rights objections, a lawyer, a legal team, a tag, home leave, uh, cultural differences, how could you possibly win? 
They can go to Wilkinson's and spend £2.50 and get whatever they want. You spend millions and millions and millions and you can't even beat the guy. It is an inefficient system and they are going to lose. The general populace are afraid to speak. They're afraid to stand up and talk about the true issues. There are people who are exploiting the UK because of its softness, because it is a soft target. Hard times, we know this one and how that all ends. And the UK is at the decline of its empire and there is nowhere for it to go but down. There is no way they can possibly fix it because the populace itself are not acknowledging the problem to its true extent because they're matrix-minded and the news says it's not that bad. And they're also not hard-heartened enough to fix it. We live in Dubai, sorry, we're in Dubai now, where you have 200 different nationalities, an 85% immigrant rate, and zero crime. Do you know why? Because people fear the law. It's kind of like, if you walk into someone's house and it's pristinely clean, when you finish with your cup, you'll take it out. But if you walk into someone's house and it's a shithole, when you finish with your cup, you leave it on the table. Who cares? It's a shithole. And that's the problem we have with the UK. Now, when you walk into Dubai, everyone behaves, so you behave. When you walk into England, nobody behaves. So why the fuck would you behave? And nobody's scared of the law. Nobody's scared of their religion. Nobody's scared of the average English man. And it's actually a shame because the British were a warrior nation, perhaps the best in the world at it. The average English-British man is too busy fighting against his fellow man for some football game as opposed to fighting against anything important. The whole nation head to toe has failed, whether it's the way men interact with women, the way that children are raised, the things they teach in school, the family unit, marriages, the legal system, the financial system, the judicial system, the political system, the fact you cannot walk down the street alone at night with a nice watch that you worked your life off your life for without getting stabbed to death by somebody who wasn't even born there proves that it is a failed nation state. And I absolutely not recommend anybody with any money to fucking leave. This show is called Disruptors. What does the word disruptive mean to you, Andrew? I like the idea that disruptive makes people think, right? Everyone's on this train track and it's leading everywhere it's supposed to lead, down the matrix pre-agreed schedule, and all of a sudden there's a tree trunk and it has to stop and you have to think. My primary goal when I speak is to make people think. This is why I am deliberately provocative sometimes. Sometimes it's why I swear, like we discussed earlier. Because by saying things that jolt people's brains a little bit, they might slow down and think and absorb. If I sit and I don't talk as aggressively or quickly or compendiously or concisely, or if I don't swear, then it's very easy for it to go in one ear and out the other. I just mentioned that theft in the UK has about a 1% conviction rate. Maybe this is what Andrew is talking about here. Knife crime, especially in London, is prevalent. The Criminal Prosecution Service do virtually nothing about it. Therefore, the police have no faith in the convictions. Therefore, the police maybe turn a blind eye. And the Ten Commandments don't save anyone from stabbings. I think the reason people are scared to speak up is because they've seen people speak up who've got cancelled, deplatformed, monetized. In fact, hundreds of people say they share my Facebook lives and Facebook stop those lives from being shared. I have a good number of times seen most of my channels shadow ban me, reduce the reach of my content significantly just for trying to create the discussion. Good times create weak people. Weak people create hard times. Hard times create strong people. Strong people create good times. Good times create weak people. And so the cycle continues. And Andrew believes that we're in the part of the cycle where we've had so many good times that we've created weak people 
and we are on the edge of the falling of the British Empire and maybe the West. In fact, as we'll see later, Nigel Farage is very, very scared of the East and the power they have. So my friends who are in Dubai tell me you could have a quarter of a million pound watch and just leave it in a restaurant and someone will give it back to you. And no one will steal anything because of the consequences. Whereas, whereas in London especially, I would say on a weekly basis, I know of someone who's had their watch stolen, who's been threatened at knife point and either avoids London or won't wear anything nice in London. We're living in broken Britain. Everyone now seems to be using that phrase, broken Britain. So I'd like to talk about the state of the UK. I was talking to my wife about this. I'm 44, she's 45, and we can't remember this country ever being so, well, your money doesn't go very far. You can't get in to the NHS. Have you ever seen this country in such a state? I do remember 1974-5. Mm. I'm a bit older than you. Yeah. And I do remember inflation getting to 27%. I do remember people's savings just being obliterated. Mm. Sometimes people say to me, but yeah, but Rob, inflation's only 6.74%. That's because they're believing the propaganda of the media. Let me ask you this. Does your bread, your travel, your accommodation, your rent, your electric, your heating, your gas, your water, have they only gone up 6.7%? I do remember people's savings just being obliterated. Mm. I remember strikes. I remember the three-day week. I remember doing homework by candlelight because there were blackouts. Right. I remember uh, some trade union leaders who clearly, as we've learned, were acting on orders from Moscow. So Nigel Farage can only remember one time in the last 50 years where the cost of living and inflation and taxation was worse. I mean, it was bad. Yeah. It was bad. And, you know, this country, which only half a century before had had the biggest empire the world had ever seen, was, mm. was really, really on its uppers. <clears throat> I, oh, I forgot, income tax, top rate income tax, 83%. Unearned income, 98%. I mean, mid-70s Britain was the epitome of a centrally run socialist state. And it seems now like we are as close as we've ever been again to a centrally run socialist, even communist state. Like if, if Nigel believes that it could be 60% of what you earn is taxed, I know some people who work in the city who are paying 60% in tax. That doesn't include what you spend. So with what you spend and what you earn, you're at 70% tax or more. Is that not communism? You're working 70% of your time, seven hours out of 10 for the government. To me, that's communism. Utterly failing in every regard. So yes, I have been here before. The difference I think this time is even though we didn't have much confidence in Mr. Wilson or Mr. Heath, we still had great faith in the church. We had great faith in the National Health Service, huge faith in the National Health Service, uh, great faith in the army. Uh, you know, we actually had great faith in the institutions of the, in many of the institutions of the country. That has completely gone. I mean, this archbishop is turning people away from religion. <laughs> or certainly from the Church of England, in their droves, 
Some are heading towards the more evangelical churches who have good turnouts on Sunday mornings. Many are just giving up on religion completely. A lot, a lot of people are converting to Islam, aren't they? Have you noticed that as well? Yes, there is a bit of a trend mm. with that. Uh, I, I, Islam is a very complicated one because there are clearly sects and parts of Islam you know, that are compatible and we would respect. Mm. In fact, actually, when you look at you know, what happened in Oxford Street the other day, you might say, well, we've got great respect for something that has some rules. Mm. Equally, uh, because Islam doesn't have a proper head at the top of it, there are elements of it that are very worrying and very scary. Yeah. Um, the National Health Service doesn't work. It just doesn't work. We had 1.5 million people have waited over a month to see a GP. I mean, you could be dead by then. Yeah, that is mad. In fact, someone who works for me, um, she died of cancer very quickly, and it's more than likely because for many months she couldn't get seen. And there is evidence now, um, it has been suggested that the deaths due to lockdown are higher than the death saved by lockdown. Now, of course, if you say that openly, you can get cancelled, shut down, even if the data backs you up on that. Why should you not be able to challenge that? Why should the, why should the politicians who influenced policy, who are having parties and affairs while this was going on, while we all had to shut our business and it was illegal to earn money, my business had to shut down. It was illegal for me to earn money. Yet they're partying, having affairs, and now these people are going on reality TV shows and doing after-dinner speeches and making hundreds of thousands. Should they not be standing in front of a judge and jury and defending their actions? Being held to account for the consequences? Now, part of this, Part of this is because we have an exploding population and no one wants to talk about it. Since 1997, the population's up nine and a half million. Million! And it's going up, and it's going up now. I mean, last year's legal immigration figures were the biggest ever, by miles. We need more and more people to come in from around the world because we haven't got enough baristas, because uh, we've got 5.3 million of our own people working age not working. We've got a massive productivity problem. I walked down the high street in my city and I found three community workers. And I asked them, why are there so many people begging on the streets? And why aren't they held to account? And he said, well, there's nothing we can do. They make 150 to 200 pounds a day begging. A day. They're not paying tax on that. He said, they've got somewhere to live. They make out that they haven't, but they have. They just get up and move whenever they see a police officer or a community support officer. And they're making 150 to 200 a day begging. Now I interview some of these people because on my More Money Secrets channel, I ask the people on the streets, what's going on on the streets? And every single one says to me, there is no point going back to work because I would earn less. Why would we as a nation pay someone more money not to work when we are in our worst economic times possibly for 50 years, possibly since World War II? Imagine if we got just 2 million of the 5.3 million on benefits back to work, 
Those two million are gonna have better self-worth. They're gonna generate tens or hundreds of millions back into the economy. And they're going to save tens and hundreds of millions in expenses from the government. Is that not just common sense? With, with no flexibility of thought. So there's not things. one person out there that can help move the pendulum across. I there's not one disruptor. <clears throat> I don't see it. I mean, in a sense, I was a big political disruptor, and that disruption led to Brexit. And you can agree with it, disagree with it, but it worked. Mm. You know, um, it led to a debate on immigration, but that's now been ignored completely. Um, and I'm hopefully going to disrupt the financial. Uh, model that we're living under mm. in a positive way for all, I hope yeah. and believe. Um, but no, there isn't a disruptor out there. And the trouble is our, our system is set. You know, we don't have open primaries. More and more people are calling for Nigel Farage to be the next Prime Minister of Britain. Now, of course, unless he's with one of the two major parties, he's not able to do that. But recently he opened the door to joining one of the major political parties, uh, and maybe Nigel Farage could end up being a British Prime Minister. By the way, just let me know in the comments if you think that's a good or bad thing. Um, was Brexit good or bad for the UK? Maybe behind Rishi Sunak, the Prime Minister, Nigel Farage is the most influential politician in the UK. What's the current state of the UK? Um, can we say fucked? You can say whatever you want. Brilliant. Uh, the so, UK is fucked. Yeah, and I, you know, so five years across the states, of being silenced here, imploring the US not to become like the UK, imploring the US not to fall as we have fallen. And bear in mind, I love my country. I signed up to fight for my country. So according to Katie Hopkins, America are using Britain as the model not to have your empire fall to ashes. Great. We're inspiring the world to not be like us. I would happily go out and fight the good fight tomorrow um, and that be the last day. But imploring the states not to follow down the well-worn path that we've all seen, which the is... same playbook that we've seen, which is country overtaken by outsiders, diminishing of the traditional country culture and ideals of a country. OK, so we just got the 2021 census out, blah, 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 blah. Less than half the country are Christian, most identify as atheist. The Muslim majority is getting increasingly strong. It's not a majority in the country, but if you go to towns, Luton, London, Bradford, Leicester, Birmingham. Katie Hopkins recently said that we will no longer ever again see a British mayor of London. And that isn't problematic in itself, except that diversity always means not white. And no one will recognise that at the point that whites are not a majority, sorry, they're a minority, they should also have some rights. It will be important to look after white people just as it's important to look after ethnic groups and others. What fascinates me here is why is it so socially unacceptable to talk about white people as the minority if they're the minority? And why wouldn't any other minority, race, religion, creed or colour, want to support a minority when they for so long have been a minority. I've never shared this with anyone before publicly, but I've been turned down from three major media opportunities and I was probably the best person for the job. I was told 
I was the best person for the job. But because I'm a 40-year-old white male, I am not the demographic that TV is looking for. Um, and what breaks my heart is to travel and speak to ordinary Brits who, who will tell you, I just feel like second-class citizen. I don't belong here. It, small business owners who weren't supported in any way driving the economy through. So we even have to bleep out the word. And as a business owner, with at the time virtually 150 employees, there was virtually no support from the government. All right, there's the odd emergency loan, but that doesn't even scratch the surface of the lost revenue, the lost willingness for our staff to work, and the dramatic increase in costs and taxes off the back of locking us down. Lots of people took these bounce-back loans thinking it was free money. Free money is very expensive. People who just feel like they're constantly at the back of the line, who are actively looking, where could I go? How do I get out? Where can I travel to? Where can I escape to? That breaks my heart. So we're fucked in the way that demographically we're already gone. Seven out of ten new entrants to schools in London are Muslim children. No problem, but demographically that tells you something. Um, most common name in the country, Mohammed II, Mohammed. It tells you something. And it tells me that white Christians one day will look to leave this country. And that, that makes me very sad. And not only does it make me sad, it does make me want to kind of help fighting for people who feel they, they no longer count in this country. And, um, and so spending time in America, warning of that, and then seeing the Biden administration, same playbook, flood the country take away the rights of taxpayers and workers, make it so they're at the back of the line. It just, that's just, just hard things to reconcile. It's much easier and equally as profitable to uh, govern over the managed decline of a country. And it's much harder to fight for a country, which is, in my opinion, why people hated Trump so much, because he actually was fighting for America. And that's not in common with any other of the the countries that we know of. Most people I talk to in business want to leave this country. I'm not sure if it's because they're white Christians, certainly because of the tax. There is not a business owner that I can think of that if it was easy to pull their kids out of school and take their family with them, they wouldn't leave the UK. And if anyone who is in Parliament is watching this, I would plead to you to listen to the people because you can hear people saying, you know, we're patriotic, we love this country, I love this country, and yet everyone I know who runs a business wants to leave, and even if just 20% of them leave, so does much of your revenue, much of your employment and you have a major problem. You know, you, you, you cannot beat the system, you cannot beat, but you can outsmart it. Who, um, who runs the system? Well, this, this is the question, isn't it? That's it's why like, I've asked it. <laughs> um, who runs it? The government certainly doesn't. You know, you look at the government, we've got someone in power. This is how, this is how, um, not, I don't like to use the word brainwash or how, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? In the UK, you know, we've got a president, uh, we've got a prime minister at the moment. He, he hasn't been voted in. 
but we just quite happily sit back and go, oh yeah, that's that's absolutely fine. You know, we let you know let that person make all the decisions and it's, when when has that been okay? When is mm. when is you know it's like wow. It, talk about politics being outdated. You know, trying to f- you know trying to keep up with modern day society. Of course, it's outdated, but they've got certain ways that keeps you in the system. Politics needs a dramatic reform. That there must be ways where people who are suitable for leadership, who are popular, are allowed to run for prime minister. And we've seen disruptive presidents in the US like Donald Trump. We've seen disruptive governors like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And it's virtually impossible for people like those to become leaders of the UK. And I believe this is what we really need. For example, for someone to run the economy, they need to have run a real economy. A real economy is a business. The theory of economics is not a real economy. The country is not a real economy because in a real economy, you have to balance the books, the profit and loss, the balance sheet, the assets and the liabilities. You cannot trade legally insolvently, i.e. have more liabilities than assets. You can be struck off as a director. You could even go to prison for that. But the government can year on year on year on year build bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger debt and then just pass that on to the new person. This must change. In fact, Warren Buffett has an easy solution because he's a real economist, because he runs a real business. Yeah. So it's not going to update because you know, it's not going to get, you know, work with the, the acceleration of how society's going because, you know, if not, then everyone would be, you know, everyone would be what they want, who they want, how they yeah. want. And so... Um, so, yeah, the, uh, just quickly, Ant, the irony of that is the guy who's running our country at the moment wasn't voted in by us, mm. but he was defeated by the last person that wasn't voted in by us, and that person wasn't exited no, no, by no, us. No, no, no. I mean, that's, is that not irony? The thing about it, you could, that's what I mean. I could go quite deeply into the politics, of it, but it's a, it's a case of... Well, I don't, we've got the room for the day, okay, so you can go as deep as you like. It, let's do it. But it's, all it is in my head is I don't agree with that. You know, that's my personal opinion. I'm not saying that if you agree with it, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. I've got no problems with people wanting to be who they want, you know, how they want to, how they want to, you know, be known as or what they want to be known as or how they want to describe themselves. And But if I don't agree with something, then please respect my decisions as well. You know, it's like, it's like the, the UK, you know, you know, talk about, know someone in my position having absolutely no benefits what so this country does not benefit me whatsoever not one iota you know are you uh, talking about things like tax it, yeah all of that? E- exactly you know you're talking the highest you know i'm talking about people that are in that highest ta- tax bracket it's like we don't get no no priorities with the nhs we don't get no private dental care we don't get no private health care we don't get no private education for our ch- you know mm. it's like you know if, if you're going to be up in that tax bracket paying let's say 45 plus percent tax plus plus yeah by the time you paid the accountant tens of thousands a year to raise an invoice to give to the government to them mm. to give that invoice back to you and, and then, then hire the, the finance then, team to manage exactly that and, manage and then for the you accounting. to pay that invoice to the, you know yeah. it's, it's like it's like what, what are the benefits that i'm getting from 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 my great country for, for no, employing for, people for, 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 yeah. yeah for employing people for you know for for, for supporting with this amount of tax of for supporting 30 40 families a year easily yeah um what what where's what am i getting from this from the from the government that's going to keep me in this country um you know okay i pay for my I've got private health care i've got private health care so i pay for that 
pay, pay for You also pay kids. for the NHS, by the way, yeah, through your tax. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Dental care, same. Um, education. You know, it's like there's no benefits where they go, right, do you know what, you're paying that and you're paying this amount. It's one, one system fits all, you're paying this amount. Therefore, surely, you know. The reason for this is if you look at where your tax money goes, the highest amount that you pay is for other or unspecified. Hmm. Wonder where that goes. Politician salaries, too many politicians, all the red tape. Then the next highest thing you pay for is the NHS, which is broken. And then the next highest thing you pay for is interest on debt. So you didn't, you didn't request to borrow this money. You don't get any benefit for borrowing this money. Yet you're paying off the interest on the debt. It's the third highest cost of your tax revenue, except it's just interest. It's not even paying off the debt. It's just the interest on the debt. You know, you're, you're benefiting the country by giving us all this. We should, we should now benefit you by, by giving you these little, these little breaks along the way or these yeah. little benefits along the way. But we get none of them. No. So what, what, what is, what's, apart from trying to keep us in the country by saturating us with all these taxes and everything like that, you know, what's, what's, what's the benefits of us actually living in, 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 in UK society? For me, it's, it's none. You know, but none. Um, no, none. I don't get no benefit, none, none, none at all. You know, I'm, I'm, I might as well go and live in the UAE, which is a great, you know, Dubai is a great country that's got great opportunities. There are no grants, no subsidies. They've taken away at least five major fair tax breaks for taking all the risk and employing all the people that I do. There's not much left. No benefit, none, no. none at all. You know, I'm, I'm, I might as well go and live in the UAE, which is a great, you know, Dubai is a great country that's got great opportunities. Um, you know, you, you pay for everything out there anyway, you live a better way of life. What, yeah. What's stopping me from going, going to Dubai? What's stopping me from going to, to, uh, to Switzerland? What's stopping me from going to, yeah. to these countries that, you know, yeah, you do pay for your own way, but I do that anyway in the UK. You pay twice because so, yeah, you have to pay for all the public <laughs> services and then you can't use them the, and then you have to pay for the private ones. Exactly. Fuck. So, you know, and, I'm, 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 and, and I don't even work in the UK. You know, I, I, I work in Australia. I work in, they all, over money. The, all over the world. And it's yeah. like, but it's, it's, I'm, not, I'm not trying to beat the system. I'm not angry at the system. I'm just like, right. You're oh, not. Listen, I no, am. The thing about it, I'm not angry at this because I'm in it. You know, if, 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 I'm, if I'm that angry with it, get the hell out of it, which, you know, I'm... I'm, I'm I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, you know, I'm working on yeah. le leading a more self-sustainable lifestyle where I'm not reliant on, on any system. I'm angry because they've taken away so many things and they haven't offered anything up in return. I'm angry because I feel trapped because there's nothing that I seem to be able to do or say that will get anyone in politics to listen. I mean, I, I wrote one of the best-selling books in this country on money. I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years. I've got some experience. I know what it is to run a small to medium sized business. Why are they not asking for people like me to consult? Why are they not giving me incentives so that, why are they not working with us so I can hire more people, help them with the masses that they're, they're paying in welfare? teach them how to incentivize and encourage entrepreneurship. And this saddens me to say this, but if I was single and no dependents, I'd be gone. Well, we don't have a cultural uh, border force. 
do we? So we, you know, you, what you need is a, you need some way of stopping bad cultural ideas coming into the country, and we just haven't managed to do it. But I think your uh, hard times create strong men thing is um, is is valuable. We've been affluent. It's for been too easy, hasn't it? I think our really? low interest rates have been for so long. So there's free money. <coughs> We've had fairly good times. We've never had to really fight. Yeah, but then what happens when you get, have low interest rates and you print a mm. load of money? Well, yeah. That then, and then you start Money raising. Becomes worthless. Then you start raising interest rates. Yeah. Then what do you do? You, yeah. You're killing everybody. Yeah. And also, we're celebrating virtue. One thing I've noticed in the last three interviews I've seen is all the chairs are too small for me. <laughs> I'm like, Aah! I look ridiculous. And false, you know, false virtue ahead of real courage. You know what I mean? It's not. We're not. You know, Sadiq Khan is going. I'll give you all. All the kids can have a free dinner, but he's charging everybody else a ton of money, uh, taxation in the name of salvation for stuff like you, Les. So everyone's like, oh, brilliant, Sadiq, you're so thoughtful and caring for the kids. But what he doesn't do is go to the millions of families that he's just made it impossible when they've got no money anyway to travel around, even get their kids to school in a lot of cases without spending the mm. load of money that you, Les, is. Look, I don't know the full context of this. But it does seem crazy that there's five police officers called out to someone who's not against the vandalism of the cameras that are watching and fining us, yet there are thefts and rapes, and not just the odd one, but 97 to 99% of them that aren't, that aren't leading to criminal charges. It seems a ridiculous misuse of resources and power and certainly seems more of a PR and media campaign for one mayor of London to silence one nuisance right-wing commentator. Mm. So is this because we have a out-of-date at best or corrupt at worst political system? Yeah, we, got, we don't have a political system because every party is the same, yeah. aren't they, essentially. So you've got... Yeah, people talk about capitalism and they criticise capitalists. Where is a capitalist system? I don't see one. No, well, where's the oppositional adversarial political system? You know, even, yeah. even if Labour disagreed with lockdown, uh, Labour totally agreed with lockdowns and all the madness that went around that mass formation, they should have objected. That's the point of the opposition. Mm. It wasn't a time of war, it was a nasty bug. You, someone somewhere should have been in opposition to that. So we've got, we've got Tories who are high ta a high-tax, low-growth party who can't control immigration, which is essentially what their sort of job is, and to conserve and preserve our culture. That's their job, isn't it? That's what it says on the tin with Conservatives. They don't do that anymore. No. They're into net zero. They're not into building local businesses. They're not into, I mean, they call it levelling up. That, to me, sounds like socialism, dragging down rather than going levelling up. And then you've got Labour, who actually now have jumped slightly right of the Tories. So they're just, they're just slightly less socialist than the Tories. I mean, I'm starting to think Labour are more impressive, a lot more impressive than the Tories, and that's a worry. Yeah, I always used to be scared of Labour being into power, thinking that they were going to ruin it for businesses and entrepreneurs and that the taxes would be penal, but I don't know that they can get any more penal. They're, it's evil, isn't it? It's yeah. like, and, and where is the... So the, the system is broken. I mean, look, we've, we've, spent, we've been in existence. The Reclaim Party has been in existence since oh, God knows when. When did it start? Three years ago, two years ago? For that period of time, we have been trying to get a bank account that people can 
donate to so we can have membership so we can grow there's not one person who's been on my show who's from britain who has been actively pro britain or believes that britain is better than it was or that britain is still a great empire not one i don't know how many british people i've interviewed but it's more than a hundred so where are these voices in the mainstream media and when are things going to change? Or are they just going to keep silencing and cancelling and deplatforming and arresting people? I was being interviewed today on a podcast and someone was talking about, oh, well, rich people, you know, they don't pay the money down the system to the poor. And I said, they do. They do in the form of taxes and the taxes go to the government and then the money doesn't go down to the poor because mm. taxes is a way to redistribute wealth. And just seems that so many people are over the uk which is such a shame with all the history we have yeah it's a great country isn't yeah. it yeah really is a great country um but you know there's only so much you can do i mean i, I always think the world's full of or people are the three d's you know you've got the drifters the dreamers and the doers mm. um and you know you're always going to have people that drift through life they don't really have a motivation uh, they spend everything checkbook to checkbook or no, sorry, not checkbook to checkbook, but yeah. showing your age. Pay slip to pay slip to pay check. That's what I meant to say. Um, and and they say money doesn't you know buy you happiness, but that's all the while they're spending every penny they got to try and be happy. Um, and then you've got the dreamers. Obviously, I, I think most people fall into that bracket. Most people have got a dream of where they want to be, what they want to earn, what they want out of life. Um, but as we go back to what we were speaking earlier, they don't know how to get to that point. Um, if they don't know how to get to that point, then they're never going to get to that point. And then you've got the doers. Now, the doers are the same as dreamers, but they do go out and do it. They, they educate themselves that little bit further. They, they see where they want to go, and they find a way to get there. Mm. Now, if those doers are just taxed to high heaven, then how are they going to have that, want to to get to those the incentive there, there's yeah. no point you know and a lot of them will look at you know what others are getting and Lisbon, go you know, dubai exactly yeah. you know and and that's no good for this country no. that's for sure you know and if you end up um i mean you're probably in a similar position i mean i probably pay out of every pound i earn probably in some form of tax 65 pence of the pound something like that i mean i, I worked out with what i earn and then what i spend it's 70 pence in there the you pound. go i mean that's outrageous it is outrageous i'm working 70 percent of my life for the government yeah if taxes were a flat 20 percent, i would pay them gratefully i wouldn't need smart accountants i wouldn't be in any way looking for any uh, way to legally avoid taxes i would just pay it and then Lots more money from my companies would come out into the economy as opposed to me not drawing the money. Because what's the point in me drawing a load of money if I'm going to be giving 70% of it away? What's the point? Now, a lot of people say, but 20% tax isn't enough. But it is. Because the professional beggars on the street who are gaming the benefit system, who have a house and are getting benefits, and are earning 150 to 200 a day, they should pay 20% tax. And there might be a couple of million or more of those. 
the billionaires and the billion dollar companies, they're paying 4% corp tax when they should be paying 25 in this country. So if they went from four to 20 at the top and at the bottom, they went from naught to 20. And in the middle, we all went from 35, 45 and 60 to 20. Do the maths on that, but I reckon there'd be possibly trillions, trillions to be released back into the economy. And people say, oh, well, a flat rate tax doesn't work. But a progressive tax doesn't work because what happens is the more successful someone is, the more they're getting penalised for being successful. So what's the point in being successful if you're going to get penalised for it? You might as well be like everybody else and not be successful. Doesn't make any sense. Progressive tax does not work. So I did want to offer some solutions in this and not just moan. 20%, 22% flat rate tax. Now, here's why they won't do it. Number one, it's too simple. They can't hire thousands of people to manage the tax codes that's thousands of pages long. When something is complicated, they can baffle you. An ex-police officer I knew, he used to say, bullshit baffles brains. There's political control from these big companies and corporations, maybe with big donations, or they want to influence policy so they can have their company in Ireland, so they cannot pay their tax in the UK, even though they generate billions of tax in the UK. In America, Hillary Clinton accused Donald Trump of avoiding paying tax, basically paying no tax. And Donald Trump replied, yes, he does that because of the policy that Hillary created. You've got to admit, Donald has a point there. How should the current tax system change? We should go to uh, taxing people 10 or 15% flat rate income tax. Uh, and we should replace as many taxes as possible, just get rid of them altogether and replace them with what Henry George called the single that, uh, the sing single tax, which is uh, we, instead of taxing labour and productivity, you tax land use, particularly in city centres. The more land you occupy in city centres and the more, because uh, um, land in a city centre becomes valuable because of the community. And the only stroke of genius, you know, how much is Buckingham Palace multiplied in value over the last whatever? Well, that's because everyone wants to see it. And, um, or, you know, how much has a shop in Oxford Street gone up in value? It's because everyone shops in Oxford Street. It's not because of any brilliant, you know, the guy who owns the shop hasn't created some fantastic new thing that's made the world better. He just owns a shop in Oxford Street. In fact, no, don't just take it from me on a better tax system. Take it from this tax and economics expert. So if you want exclusive rights to, to, and I'm talking about the unimproved value of the land. So if you build a house on it, it's a fantastic house, fine. The house is yours, but the land in its unimproved state, we tax that. So what I've seen recently, which I'd never really seen before, and it doesn't mean it didn't happen, I just didn't see it. I'm seeing quite a lot of prominent people convert to Islam mm. from Christianity. Really? Um, What's going on with this? It's sad, it's really sad. It's because Christianity has become so lukewarm. Uh, the Christian faith leaders have become, well, just worldly leaders, just going along with the current trends of the time and right. not sticking firm to the faith. And people look around and they want something different to what's going on in the world around them because it's 
decrepit. Right. And actually they look at Islam and say, well, there's strength there because these people are sticking to their principles and that's why they're being attracted towards Islam. So you think this is a problem of the, the Christian leaders not representing the faith yes, well enough? absolutely, 100%. And it doesn't matter which denomination you look at, they're all doing the same thing. So you think religions are being disrupted? You could say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Christian faith is very simple. You know, I've, I've described it here several times, but people are overcomplicating it or trying to dumb it down for, for a modern audience. It doesn't need to be dumbed down. It doesn't need to be overcomplicated. It is what it is. And we've been given an instruction guide to follow. And people don't even want to follow that anymore. They're, oh, well, that was for a time. That was, you know, in a historic context. We've got to look at where we are today. We've made progress since then. And this whole assumption comes from the premise that we are better than our forebears, but also that we are better or no better than God. And that's obviously not true. Mm. I think people converting to Islam over Christianity and what Calvin calls Christianity becoming lukewarm, losing its relevance, I think that's a sign of a decline of the UK and of the West. I think it's a sign of a rise in extreme left or woke culture whereby we must be able to identify with a thousand different genders or sexes, which I don't necessarily have a problem with, but there's gender and then there's sex. There can be many genders, but there's only two sexes. And this is getting muddled and confused. I think to uphold a value system like the Ten Commandments, you need a rule of law that encourages those values and commandments and punishes those who break them. And neither are happening now. You're not getting encouraged or rewarded for upholding your values and you're not getting penalised for breaking them. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill. Well, well actually, thou shalt steal and 99% you'll get away with it. Thou can rape and pillage, and you have a 97% success rate. I mean, it's crazy. I've interviewed many people on Disruptors who were cancelled, and I interviewed them, or have subsequently been cancelled. Now, I used to think there isn't free speech, because if you don't say what the mainstream media or whoever controls them like, you will be cancelled. But the more I interview these people, the more I realise there's just consequences of speech. And some people can say what they want and they're fine. And other people can say something relatively innocuous uh, and they are cancelled by everyone, everywhere. So the question of free speech will rumble on. And one of the things I won't do on my channel is hold back any commentator or guest just because they've been cancelled. From here, the UK and maybe the rest of the world needs to encourage discourse and debate from both sides, political, economical, and allow discussion, debate, and even argument without ridiculing and entering wars and killing the other side. Tax needs to be a flat rate, not a progressive tax. Just getting rid of progressive tax will get rid of thousands of complicated pages of tax code, probably 
Hundreds of politicians will be out of a job. Maybe that's why it's not gone on a flat rate. The people at the very bottom on welfare and benefits gaming the system, they need to be taxed. The people at the very top avoiding tax and only paying 4%, they need to be taxed. And everyone else in the middle needs less tax. That will still generate net potentially trillions more than is already being generated. The NHS, the National Health Service, once the envy of the world, as Boris Johnson said, needs to be completely wiped out, completely reformed. Whether it's an insurance model or a private model, it needs to be overhauled. People say to me, yeah, but Rob, nurses, they need to be paid more. Yeah, I'd pay nurses more if they work for me, because I'm a private company. It's the public sector, the government, who are supposed to be paying the nurses more and aren't paying the nurses more. Therein lies the problem. We need more privatisation. We need more private companies generating jobs, firing up the economy. We need to attract foreign money. We need incentives and tax breaks for anyone who wants to start a business and anyone who wants to employ people. We need, gr we need grants and subsidies for innovation and technology. We need to uphold national values. Our legal system needs to represent these national values and anyone who commits a serious crime needs serious consequences. We need to stop funding all these wars we're not involved in. We need the media to not be a fear-mongering propaganda machine. We need to encourage a free market back to, back to real capitalism, where startup challenger companies and banks can disrupt and compete with the bigger entities, which have become slow and lazy and monopolistic. We need to stop ostracizing landlords, we need to work together to make housing more accessible to the masses, where we go back to what used to be a democracy. And one final thing, we need people who have actually run real economies, real businesses with decades of experience involved in politics and giving advice to politicians who only know theory. And maybe in the next video, I'll talk about the education system. Because only if some, many or all of these things happen, is there any point in changing the education system and bringing it from the ground up through our children. I have two kids. I am scared to raise them in modern society. And what should be a time of great opportunity with the internet and social media and technology and AI, what should be exciting is actually really scary. I have had dozens of conversations of people in England, the West and America on these subjects and you can find one of the interviews right here. If there's anything in this video you've agreed with, or like me, you'd like to get this message out to more people, make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel and turn the notification bell on. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.